Good evening and welcome to another episode of the T-Junction. On today's episode, I have quite the phenomenal guest. Uh, I would allow her to do the introduction, but with me on the show is Dr. Damie. Hi, Damie. Hi, Tommy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? I'm doing great. I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for honoring the invitation. (laughs) Yeah, looking forward to our conversation. Me too. Me too, actually. It's quite the interesting one. But before we get Mm -hmm. into it, just uh, do a quick intro for the audience, please. Okay. Um, I am Dr. Demi Lade Fayemiwo. Everybody calls me Dr. Demi. I am a PhD chemical engineering graduate, so not a medical doctor. Don't ask me for <laughs> prescriptions. <laughs> not that kind of doctor, just a doctor of water treatment and environmental technology. I work at a leadership academy at the moment where I run a science research program. I am a TEDx speaker as well, and I am the winner of the 2018 three-minute thesis competition at the University of Johannesburg. And yeah, during the day, I'm a scientist. At night, well, I do a lot of other stuff. (laughs) That's quite the intro. Very impressive um, collection of accolades, I must say. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's quite an honor to have you on here. Uh, just thank you. Oh, interesting. What do you do at night? That's <laughs> besides being a scientist. Well, you know, like you can't be a scientist twenty four seven. You have to get off the train at some point. Uh, so just in case you see me somewhere discussing politics and social psychology, well, those are some of the things I muff into at night. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Um, just give. Give us an idea of what inspired your field of study. Why chemical engineering? So I started off with science really because my dad wanted me to be a scientist, if I'm being <laughs> honest. But I think, I think his constant pressure to ensure that I, I understood science and the laws around it sort of also made me this person who became very curious about it because I couldn't see science, right? Um, I remember when I was young and we set up a TV and this TV was hanging on the wall and my dad kept saying the TV is not straight, it's not straight. But when we all looked at it, we were like, no, it's straight. Then he said, come stand here. This is called the era of parallax. Hmm. And I thought to myself, what on earth? Like, okay, the TV is not straight. We agree with you. We didn't have to have those, like, (laughs) interesting words. Yeah. Made me very curious. Hmm. And he did a lot of those things with me where he would call me outside in the evening and say, there's heat radiating from the wall. Why do you think um, heat is radiating from the wall in the evening, even though the weather is cool? Then I stood there and thought to myself, okay, what what have I done to this man? <laughs> like, can this man please just leave, leave me alone? Can I watch Cinderella in peace? Mm. But as, as time went on, the more he did that, the more curious I became because I started to ask myself, well, why is the wall emitting heat in, in the evenings? Um, what's the cause of that? And so I became interested in physics, um, in biology, and just fell into science and fell in love with it and that was how I ended up here wow and actually you I I haven't heard that story before it actually makes a lot of sense in terms of me knowing you and um, being privileged to hear some of your views and that leads me to my next question so I know you're quite the active feminist advocating the rights of women Mm -hmm. you're very very vocal about that on your social media um what are some of the things that irk you about this clearly patriarchal society that we live in? 
So do you have like a lifetime to listen? Because there's like a whole long list. <laughs> so I mean, I think I think I should just circle back a bit and um, sort of let people know that I, I started at Stellenbosch, which is considered one of the best universities in Africa. Yeah. And while I was there, I never really understood what it meant to be in a patriarchal society. I understood racism because, you know, it was in your face. Mm. Our classes back in the day were in Afrikaans. And when you tried to ask questions in English, the lecturers would say, oh, the Tao specificacy from the courses is R, <laughs> which they, they're responding to you in Afrikaans, mm. even though you ask the question in in English, basically trying to tell them that I don't understand Afrikaans, mm. uh, but they would respond in Afrikaans to say the language specification for this course is A, which means we can only speak Afrikaans in this class. Mm. So I understood that, that very clearly that, okay, this was a racist system. But when I got to my honors year at Stellenbosch, I took on a project as expected of all honor students in the science department. And I was working with a guy who asked me the very first day I walked into the lab. And I think I shared this in my TED talk. Um, he said to me, okay, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to be your co-supervisor, but here's a question for you. Do you want to be successful or do you want to be married and have kids? Now, I never thought that that was a choice that had to be made, if I'm being honest. Like I said, I was very much unaware of this idea of patriarchy in the society. I just assumed, oh, well, you know, I'm living here, I'm black, they're white, so that's the only uh, battle mm. I'm fighting. But when he asked me that, it triggered something in me, in my consciousness, that, wait a minute, it's not even just about me being black, but me being a woman and walking into the space, I get asked a question like mm. this. And who exactly do I report to? Because I have been in this institution and I see how it operates and the fact that it can be very racist. So there's no way I'm actually going to go anywhere. I don't have any allies at this moment to go and report mm. to. So I, I just told him, well, I, I want to be successful because what, what else would you say in a situation mm. like that? I, I was like, I want to be successful. And it haunted me for the, for the whole year that I had to make the choice. I had to make it clear to this man that my desire was not to be married with kids. My desire was to be successful. Mm. But all the professors in the department who were men were married with kids mm. and they were successful. Mm. But for me, it became either mm. or. It was either I was successful or I got married, had kids, and then you know just got relegated to the background. So for a very long time, I struggled with trying to understand the, should I say the turmoil that cursed within me? Because I wasn't sure whether, whether I did the right thing by saying I wanted to be successful. Mm. And then I also started to ask myself, well, should I be married if I really want to be successful? Mm. And that just created this turmoil in me as a young person that I had to carry for years on until I became this full-fledged feminist where I said, you know what, no more. Mm. And the thing that irked me the most, to answer your question now, um, the thing that irks me the most about the patriarchy is the fact that it's normal. Yeah, Men actually think it's normal. Mm. So, I mean, I started my honors project with a couple of guys and none of them were ever asked, well, when are you getting married? You know, you're no longer a spring chicken. Mm. Uh, nobody ever said that to anyone. Even this guy who had said that to me was in his 40s and nobody was trying to ask him when he was getting married or and he wasn't successful. I think I should just make that clear. <laughs> that at that point, he wasn't successful or married. Yeah. But nobody was saying, hey, you know, dude, you're like in your 40s. You don't have kids. You're not married. 
you're also not some world-renowned scientist where we could be like, oh, okay, well, this is what you've been focusing mm. on. So he got to live his life without anybody disrupting his thoughts or planting any seed of turmoil within him. While I had to walk around for years on end trying to understand what choices I had to make if I really wanted to be successful. Did I have to give up on marriage? Did I have to choose marriage? Well, then what would my family say? What is going on within me? Is my, you know, it, it, became, a, it became a struggle yeah. for me. Um, and so for me, what really irks me is that the patriarchy is unaware of its influence on us as mm. women, right? Um, men are blissfully unaware of the impact they have on you when they say something that is derogatory or something that demeans you or something that just makes you feel like you don't know what you're doing, something condescending. Yeah. Even when they're manipulating you, harassing you, they just assume, well, why can't you laugh about yeah. it? Um, and I'll give you an example. When I was busy with my PhD, my first supervisor called me into his office one day and said, um, I don't like single women. What? And then I thought, okay. So, I, I, I mean, where do we go from here? Because I've registered, you're my supervisor. Uh, so I don't know where we're supposed to like head mm. to. He said single women are unstable. What does that even okay. mean? So I sat there. Exactly. What does that mean? But I, at that point, I mean, I had already come into an awareness of who I was. So I wasn't shaken by this. I just thought, okay, typical man. But the next thing he said really floored me. He said to me, I would like you to pick a guy from the research group that you want to marry. I would like you to do what? So I thought, whoa. To pick a guy from the research group that you would like to what? marry. And I thought, okay, uh, it just got real because I had not experienced that level before. The whole thing about being single or being a woman, whatever, I had, had already dealt with all of that, right? But now when a person says to you, I want you to pick a guy from this research group to marry, I didn't know how to respond to that. So I sat there for a while. He laughed about it. So I thought, okay, maybe he's joking. And I left. A week later, he called me and said, well, there are two guys who have arrived from Nigeria. Wow. I'd like you to come and meet wow. them. This, um, so this was a real thing. I'd like you to come and meet them and pick one of them that you like. And then we will see how it goes. Shucks. So I thought to myself, okay, this is, this is crazy, right? Like, this is crazy. So I didn't go. I, I just acted like I didn't hear anything. I decided that day, I actually told my fat mate that day, I said, I'm not going to start my car tomorrow. Mm. Simply to prove to this man that I'm not going mm. anywhere. And I didn't start my car. I stayed at home. I watched movies. I had a good, uh, what's it called, breakfast. I just enjoyed yeah. myself. And when I told this to other people, because again, it bothered me. The first thing they said is, well, you know, you can just laugh it mm. off. And that was when I realized, like, the, the patriarchy is unaware mm -hmm. of how hurtful its impact yeah. is. For a man, because a man doesn't have to deal with these things, it's okay. And I say to people, if a man doesn't walk into a lab or an office and have a woman say to him, oh, nice butt, <laughs> or, you know, I would like to kiss your full mm. lips, I don't think women should have to deal yeah. with that. If I don't go into my lab as a person who runs a science research program and say to my students, okay, I would like you to pick a girl from the group to marry, otherwise I consider you unstable. Mm. If I don't do that and men don't have to deal with that, why should yeah. I? And so it's just the lack of awareness of how patriarchy perpetrates itself within society that irritates 
irritates <laughs> because when we say irk, I feel yeah, like it, it just it sounds very, uh, it sounds it sounds very sophisticated. Yeah. Like oh, you know, irks. it irks me. No, it irritates the hell out of me. <laughs> and that is that is so sad because as someone who's experienced that as well, you know, I I have experienced all forms of I don't even know what to call it anymore where a man simply feels entitled based on the fact that he's a man and you're a woman. And it's almost mm-hmm. as if it's been ingrained into us to think that that's okay. And it's not. You are so right mm-hmm. in saying it's, it's not. not. If I don't walk in a room and whistle at the men or grab someone's uh, pecs or smack someone's butt, mm-hmm then why should I be made to endure the same thing? You understand? Like, I, I, I don't exactly. get it. But yeah, you, you saw, it's, it's almost shocking. Actually, it, it is shocking. And, you, and you're told, oh, well, he's just yes. joking. Okay, well, it's not funny. I mean, do you see me or laughing? Worst, really, I'm not finding this The funny. worst I've heard is that you should be flattered. He finds you gorgeous. Oh, oh yes, yes. They always say they actually. I got that a lot when I reported yeah. this guy. Who, by the way, I eventually left yeah. his group and and joined a different professor. Yeah. People said, "Oh, but you know, he had such great plans hmm. for you." Okay, I'm I, I'm glad to hear that, but I, I wasn't interested. Yeah. And if those were part of his great plans to marry some random guy so he could see me as a stable human being, I wasn't but going to be a part, part of that. It. So I just said, you know what? Yeah, yeah to the loo, goodbye, <laughs> and. Literally just cut it off. Yeah, it, it was absolutely disgusting. But you alluded to something which is actually a topic of discussion today. Where I decided to make the topic "Where is your husband?" Because as someone, I am married, which I always joke and say, Loki being serious, that I never thought I'd be because I am one person mm. that I wasn't going to compromise myself or my self worth or my ambitions for the sake of Mm -hmm. marriage because society almost makes it seem like you can't have it both as a woman you cannot be married and be a top person in your field and you can't be married and have kids and run a company you can't be married like you said you were asked the question do you want to be married or do you want to be successful like it's almost you can't Mm -hmm. have both so have you yeah. been asked that question? Where is your husband? Or when are you getting married? <laughs> and under what circumstances? Uh, <laughs> and what was your response to this? Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. This this was a very popular question at some point in my life. But I think I've developed a look now that just keeps people away from asking me that yeah. question. So there was a time when people used to say, oh, you know, um, this is the time to get married. Actually, this was the They never said, where's mm. your husband? They just came to me and announced to me, this is the time to get married. And I used to think, okay, are you a prophet of the Lord? I mean, I don't understand what, what declaration this mm. is. But I noticed that people simply just felt like I was climbing too high too fast, mm. right? And it was time for me to be latched onto a man. Otherwise, I wouldn't make it. Um, I would never find one who would like me so much with all of my achievements. And so there was always that thing of, okay, well, um, when are you getting married? Um, aren't you seeing anyone? Oh, well, this guy, I mean, I had my mom's friend who called me the one day and she said, uh, Demi, I just want to have a conversation with you. And I thought, well, this is awkward because I don't really talk to my mm-hmm. mom's friends, but hey, 
let's let's have the conversation and she said i would like you to come back to lagos okay um nigeria and i thought well to do what she said i want you to lecture at the university of lagos and listen she's saying i mm. want you not this is what you want mm. me so she's telling me what she wants mm. me to do um so i thought okay uh, that's another interesting thought and she's like the reason is that if you leave here in lagos you could pick a mm. guy and even if this guy is not that great you can shape mm. him <laughs> see now I took fine art classes, right? <laughs> and I did all that paper mache, clay, molding. I never enjoyed any of that thing. Like, never. <laughs> I I just thought, what, like, paper mache stinks. So I'm like, I mean, like, this thing smells yeah. of starch. And then there's, like, the clay, your hands are dirty. Like, that was never something I enjoyed. So <laughs> when she said, oh, I want you to take the man and then you can mold him, I just thought, wow, she clearly didn't know. She didn't get the memo about my fine art classes. <laughs> So I said, I said, oh, okay, thank you so much. She said, because the way I see hmm. you, you're going very hmm. high. I can see it. Like you're going to be very successful and we quickly need to get you a man so that you would be complete wow. at the end of the road. Wow. That was when it hit me that a successful woman who's single is considered incomplete in many That's societies. True. Because again, where, where's your husband, mm-hmm. right? The husband has become the pinnacle of success for mm-hmm. every woman. And if she doesn't have that, everything she has achieved doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't mean anything because she's got to have a man, a man. And that's what we've done. We've created a system whereby a man validates the existence Hmm. of a woman. And if a man doesn't do that, then the woman doesn't exist. Hmm. As far as we're concerned, she's not a responsible member of society. Um, She's just this person who's doing all of these crazy. And and in fact, they would say such a woman is crazy Hmm. uh, because that's why a man doesn't want to be with her. Um, she has issues. Uh, she's angry. She's too. She's not submissive. I, that word really <laughs> grates my nerves. But let let's just get over that. But but those are the things that people say. Like she's not complete with all of the things that she's done if she doesn't have a man. So we've created a society whereby we've given men just the validity of existence by then ha- by them having a penis. Hmm. And then we've told women that, you know, because you've got a vagina, you're not complete. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you don't exist. So we've created that binary system. And so in order for you, the vagina carrying member of society (laughs) to become validated, you need to be attached (laughs) to a penis carrying member of society. I mean, and it's, so it doesn't matter. And this is what, this is what pissed me off with the conversation with my mom's friend. It doesn't matter if the man is adding value to you. Just to have a man. Mm. That's the and that's where I have a problem. Mm. It's a different thing if she says, Hey Demi, um, you're trying to get, you know, I, I know you might want to be married in future. Look out for a guy who's, you know, well educated, um, who makes you feel good, who contributes well to your welfare or to your success, that kind of thing. Then you would say she's actually looking mm. out for me. But she's saying, just pick mm. any man. A penis carrying member. He's got a penis. Three legged species. Pick him. <laughs> then you can you can, you know, design him, decorate him the way hmm. that you want. Not for yourself. Now, not this is not even for, for yourself. So that when people look at you hmm. on the outside, they're like, Oh, look at that, she's complete. Yeah. She's got a man. Yeah. He's not a great man, yeah. but he's a man. That is and that means Petriki basically Petriki basically says a man is perfect hmm. even if he's even he might he can be stupid hmm. he can be like he can be 
the worst person on earth, but he's perfect. Hmm. And you mentioned you can be hardworking. You, you mentioned well something, something very important there. Sorry to cut you short. And that is one of the reasons why a lot of people are driven into wrong marriages for the sake of, I just need a man. Mm -hmm. I just want a man to feel complete. So you find people mm -hmm. who are successful just getting married to anyone, not necessarily someone that has been vetted, that has been tried and tested, but just anyone, just for that societal picture yeah. of at least I've got a man. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I think that in a way, there was a time I used to blame those women. I used to say, oh my God, why don't you just stand up to society? But I started to realize that one of the basic human needs is mm. acceptance. You want sure. to be accepted, right? You want to be accepted within your family. You want to be accepted by mm. your friends. Now, if there are conditions that will make you accepted, chances are you're going to start chasing those conditions, mm. right? And so we find that women tend to pick any man because... They want to be accepted in society. They don't want to be on the sidelines like Dr. Jamie, who's like this angry feminist <laughs> talking about men. And no, I mean, not many women want to be. Not many women want to be doing yeah. this. They want to be seen as yeah. good girls. Like, yeah, this is the good yeah. woman. She's wife yeah. material. That's oh another word gosh. I hate. Wife How many material. Like, we need, to, material. we need to burn it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to. We need to absolutely burn that word. But um just just that idea of women have to be they need to meet all of these conditions in order for them to be accepted by society is just so so problematic in so many ways hmm. and that is something that i can't blame them for because they they say i need to be accepted i'm 40 i don't have a man i don't i'm not married i have this huge house and then people come and tell you about how your house is so cold how you're sleeping alone nothing is keeping you warm at night but when a man is 40 who goes to nothing tell him is nothing keeping is keeping him warm, warm at, at night, night. Hmm. nothing nobody goes to tell him that you know why he's allowed to sleep around and do whatever he wants with whoever but if you're a single woman doing that then now you're not only an incomplete person you're also yeah. a prostitute. <laughs> wow. It's, uh, it's uh, really sad. And, you know, I have, I have had the privilege yeah. of being in conversations with some who are married and have had the courage to open up to me and say, listen, the reason I'm with this person is because of one, two, three. I mean, you get women that are dealing with cheating husbands and not like secretly cheating, like voraciously cheating, openly cheating, disrespecting. Mm -hmm their marital homes but for the sake of that thing of mm -hmm. i just you know at least i'm married he's my husband he paid lobola he did this he did that they deal mm -hmm. with all sorts of domestic violence that's another topic for a different day because mm -hmm. it's something i cannot oh, wrap yeah. my head around and the prayer is to not fall into the hands of a wrong man but how are we supposed to allow mm -hmm. god to answer that prayer when we as people pressure others into relationships that are not meant for them, but it's just the idea of it's a man, he's mm -hmm. interested in you, just say yes. It's yeah. Uh, and, and that's something I usually uh, talk about. I say, you know, most of the time with women, we are expected to just accept the mm. man that comes. We are hardly encouraged to go for the mm. man we want. It's whoever comes to you. It's like you're mm. playing the lotto. So, you know, this is, these are the numbers you got. Well, did you win? Mm, not really. You sort of got a, a, a mm. jackass. So mm. deal with it. 
that that's how we we approach it when women when it comes to women and marriage and just even besides the pressure of society like in terms of pressuring people into marriages it's also how we socialize women and men mm. so i i tell people i tell my mom especially this is a dilemma for me in my mind we tell women they must be married by a certain age otherwise they're not spring chickens they're dying out their eggs are frying <laughs> blah 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 you know all of that then we tell men that they have all the time mm. in the world to pick the right woman who will satisfy whatever criteria mm. they set now, please, these, these are two groups of people in the same society that are supposed to merge hmm. with each other. How is that supposed to work? You've made one. Exactly. How is that supposed to work out? Because you've made one person feel very conscious about fulfilling this role of hmm. being married. And the other person, you've socialized them into just thinking, oh, well, whenever it, it happens, it happens. So you create women who chase mm-hmm. men because, and we would settle for any man. So they'd be like, you know what? We can get married and he can do whatever he wants, but at least mm. I'm married mm. because they've been socialized differently. And it's, it's a problematic it's aspect the, of society. It's a fundamental problem. It's a fundamental problem. And it's discussions mm. I've had with some of my friends and colleagues as well that we are the generation that need to start having these conversations. We are the ones that need to start making people aware. We're raising girls to be prudes, right? You can't have sex. You have to, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to keep yourself. Mm -hmm. But then you raise your sons to be like, you know what? The more you sleep with, the better for you. The better you're going to be in bed for Mm -hmm. that wife that you're going to marry one day. But the question Mm -hmm. is, who are these men sleeping with? Number one. And number two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if they're mm-hmm. sleeping with these many women, who are they supposed to settle with? Who are supposed to be the good girls that they settle with? And yeah, for us exactly. ladies, you keep yourself, you keep yourself. On the other hand, the men are busy sleeping around. Now, who do you settle for? Who do you pick mm-hmm. out of all of this? Because you are being told that as a woman, you can't do yeah. this, right? But as a guy, you can do whatever mm-hmm. they want. Now, we, we oh, wow. create this discordance in society where women are taught to be good. Men are taught to be whatever they want to be. Mm-hmm. Now, one day along this path, mm-hmm. they're supposed to meet and merge into each other. How is that going to happen? Mm-hmm. How are we not going to have problematic marriages? Exactly. Because also you, you create a situation whereby the men are expecting the women to hold them yeah. in check. And this is something I find absolutely mm. ridiculous. I see men who say things like, if I'm smoking and you as my girlfriend doesn't try to stop me, I will never marry mm. you because it means you're not wife material. Mm. Honey, you're not my son. Yeah. You are not my son. So why, why should I take responsibility for trying to be the good voice of reason in your life? No, I'm not, I don't have to mm. do that. If you can't decide you want to stop smoking or you want to stop sleeping around, that is your business. That shouldn't be mm. my problem. But that's the society we've created because now mm. girls are good. And also girls do the mm. housework, right? So I don't know if, you, if you're yeah. familiar with this, but this is something that used to happen in Nigeria, apparently, um, where girls would go to university. And the aim of that is to basically come up with a husband yeah. when you're graduating. Yeah. That's, the, that's just the beautiful thing, the yeah. height of it, if, you, if you're going to yeah. be successful. So they end up going to cook mm. for men, laundry. doing their laundry, uh, 
yeah, you know, like being cleaning their their apartments or their rooms, doing all kinds of things for these guys. And exactly the wife material. So then the man starts to say, Oh, she's wife material. She cooks. She doesn't let me spend too much money. She doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't. The fact that it's so full of Hmm. doesn't just makes you understand that the woman is in a straight Hmm. jacket. She's in a straight jacket. She can't do anything. She's basically leaving to please this man. And that is the society we have created because we've always told girls that they are imperfect. Hmm. They are not perfect. They don't do anything right. If you're a girl, you laugh out loud and you snort in your laughter. Everybody's like, oh, that's not girly. If you're going to laugh, you have to laugh very, in a feminine manner. <laughs> that, like, no, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. If, if you want to laugh, just laugh. Like, laughter is not something that you should control. But you're told to, like, hold all your yeah. emotions. You know, you don't, you don't show yourself fully because you're trying to attract a man not necessarily a good man, but a man who looks at you and says, oh, what a mm. good girl. Mm. He could be a vampire. <laughs> but as long as he says you're a good girl and he comes to you, it doesn't it's matter fine. sadly. That's that's the society we live in. But we could talk about we could talk yes. about that forever. But uh he said something right? very interesting earlier on, and it just made me wonder. You see, it seems to be getting tougher and tougher for women to find good men, and I say good men, not just any men, the more accomplished they get, the more successful they get. Would you then say that men are intimidated by success in a woman? (sighs) Hmm. I want to, I want to make this response a bit, I want to add a bit of nuance to Mm -hmm. it, right? Um, I do believe that men are socialized to be intimidated by Mm. success. But not success itself, but what they perceive will be the result mm. of success. And I bring in the word submission yeah. now. I'm sorry to your Christian listeners, but this is something we need to just mm-hmm. talk about. The way we preach submission in churches, I'm Christian, by the way, for those who are listening. Um, so nobody <laughs> thinks, oh my God, uh, this atheist woman or this, <laughs> this non-believer. It, it's, not, it's not bad. I'm not against the gospel in any way. But we preach submission in the church in a way where we tell the woman and the men that whatever a man says Mm -hmm. is correct and whatever he asks you to do, you Mm. must do. But what is not factored into these preachings is the fact that men are Mm. flesh. They're flesh, right? They're made of flesh. They have ego, pride, they're selfish. They're irrational, just like women can also be. Nobody's saying this is limited to men. Women can also have all of that. But when you place the person with those traits in power over somebody else and you preach it Mm. as a gospel, where you say submission means that this person, this other person, the woman, must be totally subjugated to the man in order for the marriage Mm. to work, you then create a situation whereby the men do not desire successful Mm. women. Because when you, a woman is successful, that comes yeah. with power. It comes with some form of authority. Right? I mean, you're not successful if you don't know True. what you're doing. 
well except for some people but let's not go there i was thinking i was just thinking of elizabeth holmes and the tyrannos saga but let's not go there but the idea is that if you're a woman who knows what you're doing and you're successful that comes with a certain level of yeah. confidence yeah. first of all and it's not confidence that is easy to find it's just confidence that comes from yeah. knowing knowing yourself and being secure yeah. in who you are now with that confidence it's easy to misinterpret that as a woman who is rude arrogant um not respectful you know things that defy submission the way it is preached so i think that men are intimidated by success but because they are afraid of what they perceive success hmm. will bring and that is a woman who is not submissive to them as the church has preached it hmm. to them or the mm. mosque, depending on what religion we're mm. talking about now. The idea that in most religions, submission is equal to subjugation, mm. where if a man says, let's jump into this fire, and you as a woman with a working brain says, ah, but it's hot and it's fire, so I'm not mm. going to do that, then it's seen as you are not sure. submissive. If, you, if, it, if he gives an opinion and you say, well, I don't agree, that is seen as you not mm. being submissive. And when you are successful, you can't reach the pinnacle of success without having those mm. questions. The reason you become successful is because you ask a lot of questions. You get the sure. right answers. You think mm. through problems, mm. right? So it means you carry those traits into your marriage. And that's a healthy thing from where I'm standing. I wouldn't want to be married to a man where I say, oh, because I'm a scientist, I believe we should pour some acid mm. um, into this food. And then he just goes, oh, sure. okay. Whatever no, say. I want him to say, yeah, I want him to say, but isn't that mm. acid? Doesn't mm. it burn? Won't it cost? I, mm. I want questions. But men have been socialized to not mm. want questions. So when you ask a question, then they start to see it as, ooh, not mm. submissive. And that is why they don't want successful women. Because they know successful women will challenge their thoughts, mm. challenge their opinions, and ask them questions they don't want to answer. Mm. If he spends 5,000 rands on something absolutely stupid like printing a 3D toy shape of himself, <laughs> and you say, uh, 5,000 rands is a lot of money for a miniature you. figure of you, he doesn't want you to say that. Yeah. He wants you to say, oh, what a cute little toy. 5,000? We don't have any money, but this is so Fantastic. adorable. <laughs> exactly. That is how, so I, I, so I think they're not intimidated because they want to be successful. So it's not the success that intimidates mm. them. It's what they perceive the success will bring out mm. of a woman that intimidates and you, them. You, you spoke about a, a scripture that I, before I got married uh, to the man that I'm married to, who, by the way, is fantastic. Let me just, I'm, like, I'm not, I, know I am him. against him. So <laughs> I can testify. <laughs> he is fantastic. But before that, I struggled with that idea of submission simply because of how it was preached. Mm. And one day, because I am, I am a firm believer of not just, it's, just, it's what you say. Like you question everything that's been said. God gave us a brain for a reason, mm -hmm. to think and reason out your own thoughts. Exactly. So the first time I heard submission being preached, it was in the context of, yeah, whatever your husband says, just say yes, it's okay. And if you have something to say against that, then, well, just keep it to yourself. 
you know and it made me wonder that makes me a rob a, a robot because it means that i can't think mm-hmm. for myself but then i started to actually study that scripture and before it says wives submit to your husbands it says husbands mm-hmm. love your wives not just any kind of love just mm-hmm. as christ loves the church now for those who are non christian Sacrificial. For those who are non-Christians, we mm-hmm. as Christians believe that Jesus died for our sins. That is how mm-hmm. deep it's mm-hmm. supposed to be. That a husband is supposed to love his wife that much. And if a wife sees that in her husband, then submission mm-hmm. comes. Mm-hmm. But then we take out that first part, absorb the men of all forms of responsibility and say, as a woman, yeah. you submit. Yes. That's your job. Now, it creates mm-hmm. so much chaos because now this woman is literally submitting to the devil himself. And there are some men who are that bad. Mm-hmm. That, that reminds me of an interesting conversation I had on a WhatsApp group. Uh, they almost kicked me out <laughs> of the group that day. So uh, somebody posted about how a wife must submit to her husband. And well, I said, you know what? I personally don't agree. And this is not because I'm against the gospel in any way. But when I read the scripture and where it says, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. I always tell people to give yourself for something is submission. Hmm. It might be a different word that was being used, but it's basically saying, husband, submit also submit yourself, yourself to your wives. Because Christ didn't have to die. He could have, like, he was, he's the son of God. He could have said, you know what? I don't have to do this. To the loo, Mm. bye. But he said, let your will be done, Mm. God. And he submitted. Mm. He submitted himself. So that to me means that there's an instruction for husbands and wives to submit to. Sure. And then this lady said to me, well, that's not how it works. You're supposed to submit your husband and then your husband submits to God. So then here came my question. As a single woman, I'm submitted to God. Yeah. Right? A single woman, just, I'm just hold to God. Up. I don't know what's uh, happening with your recording. It, it's going a bit funky. Oh, can you hear me clearly now? It's back now. Yes, you can carry on. Okay. So I said, um, as a single woman, I'm submitted to God. Okay. God is the person I look up to. He's the one I listen to. He's the one that I give my life to in everything that I do. Hmm. Now I get married and you tell me to replace God with my husband Hmm. because that's what it is. Hmm. I'm now submitting to my husband Hmm. and he submits to God Hmm. on my behalf. Hmm. Then I said, listen, then that brings in the question of the jealousy of God where Hmm. he says you should not worship anything else but me. Hmm. Why am I submitting to the husband and replacing God with him? Why can't we both be submitted to God like Adam and Eve were when they were in the Garden of Eden? Because God never said to Eve, submit to Adam. Hmm. He also never said to Adam, I give you charge over everything, including Eve. Hmm. He said to both of them, I give you charge, take dominion over the earth, Hmm. not over each other. Hmm. So it means that in a marriage, we should both be submitting to God. You can't tell me I'm a single woman. I'm submitting to God. But when I get married, I shift my submission to my husband. So what if my husband gives himself to the devil? Hmm. 
and I'm submitting to him according to this gospel, so then what's happening? You automatically then who am I submitting to? Yeah. Yeah. Ex exactly. Yeah. So I tell people you need we need to read in depth when we read the Bible. Mm. And also bear in mind that the Bible was interpreted by men. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> different words have been used for what women should do yeah. and for what men should yeah. do. But if you read deep, hmm. it's saying, men, if, if you're giving your life for somebody, that's submitting yourself to that person because you actually don't have to. Yeah. So it's, an, it's, a, it's a conscious act to say, I submit myself to my wife. I will die for my wife. Hmm. I will give my life for my wife. That is submission. Hmm. So yeah, that scripture for me is just. It's, it's, I like, think we need to. It's, it's a bit messy. We need to revisit how it's been preached. That's the fact. I believe in the we Bible. Really I believe really in the words of Christ. I believe I am a strong Christian believer, and I make that known wherever I go. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we as humans, and to be specific, men preachers in the church, have mm -hmm. twisted the word to suit the mm -hmm. needs. That is why you find a pastor um, who beats his wife, a pastor who is abusive towards his wife, a pastor who, yeah, yeah. these are things we, we not only hear, we've seen it and it happens unfortunately and sadly. And these are the things that people see and it makes Christianity so non-appealing because a lot of people that, profess to be Christians end up acting in these ways and then you ask yourself but where do they get this from it's really sad mm -hmm. and that just takes me to the next question so someone that has been hearing you talk for the past 40 plus minutes will think yeah this girl is just against marriage like she's just a strong <laughs> feminist and there's nothing you can do to change your mind I would like to hear what is your view what do you think about the institution of marriage I I love marriage. I love love. Mm. I mean, I think I think I wish I wish I could take a snapshot of my face every time my friends say we're getting married. Mm. I love love, especially when it's genuine and I can see that it's love that grows mm. you. What I hate is bad marriages. Mm. Um and obviously, I'm not in a position to hate them because they're not mine. But I hate it when people are suffering yeah. in any kind of way especially in a marriage, because I believe that marriage should bring you sure. joy. I don't think marriage was constituted or instituted in any way to make people unhappy. And that is why I hate a particular saying people say in Yoruba. Um, they say, leo koi, leo koi. Hmm. I really hate that. It means, it, if you want to translate that in English, it means a husband's house is where you hmm. learn or something like mm -hmm. that. It's like a yeah. school. I hate that because it suggests that when you're going to this husband's house, you're not going there to have fun. Hmm. You're going there to be subjected to some kind of extra education that's, that's going to last for the rest of your yeah. life. But nobody says that to her husband. Nobody calls her husband and says, Ile yawo, Ile like your wife's house. Is nobody says that. We only say that to women. So for me, I, I just hate how we have taught women about marriage. We've taught them to expect marriage to be trouble. And that is where the popular narrative of marriage is hard work comes from. Everybody's always like, oh, marriage is hard work. Like they should be getting like a, a blazer or something as a gift to say, oh, thanks for all your hard mm -hmm. work. But listen, marriage should be happy. 
That's what I believe. I believe that when God instituted marriage, he said, you know what? I want people to enjoy each hmm. other. Even in Genesis where he said, I'm giving, I, I want to create someone else for Adam. He said a companion. Hmm. He didn't say a fight partner. Hmm. He didn't say a wrestling partner. Hmm. He didn't say an insult. He, didn't, he said a companion. Hmm. Who's a companion? Someone who's there with hmm. you. Someone who supports you. Someone who's your friend, who laughs with you, cries with you, shares life with you. So for me, I am not against marriage in any way. I love marriages, but I want them to be happy. Hmm. We, can't have, we can't have these bad marriages where people are suffering, men are being abused, or women are being abused, the children are being abused. No, that, I don't think that was what God planned. Hmm. And I think we've gotten it wrong because we've basically told men that it's okay if the marriage is not great. And we've also told women it's okay if the marriage is not great. So they go into it expecting the man, if he mistreats them, they've already developed coping mechanisms. Yeah. They go and watch War Room. <laughs> and, you know, when you watch War Room like five times, then you're now like a prayer warrior <laughs> and you're going to sort this out. But this man is not changing, but you're still there. And that's what I'm against. Yeah. But marriages should yeah, be happy. I completely agree with you. And this was one of my biggest prayers getting into marriage. Because like I said, I wasn't going to compromise myself. I have come from a long history of so much childhood trauma that I didn't want that to continue mm. in my marriage. Like God had taken me through so much to get to this point mm. that I, mm. that I was at that, at that time where I knew who I was as a person. I knew who I was as a woman and I knew who God has created me to be. Now to then merge mm -hmm. myself with someone who was going to take all of that away. I never wanted that. And I, mm -hmm. according mm -hmm. to people's standards, I supposedly got married late, which is okay. It's something that I, I always tell people it's better for you to seemingly in quotes, get married late than to get into a marriage early and be looking for the exit. Mm -hmm. Like, this is mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. I don't believe in jumping in and out of marriages. This is my belief. I believe that once I do it, it's a once-off mm -hmm. thing. For the rest of my life till death do us part, by the grace of God. That's what I believe. But Amen. then, to now be mm -hmm. pressured by society to say, oh my gosh, you've only got until 35. By then, your eggs are fried. You're going to have Down syndrome kids. That's, that's it actually lie. never stops, eh? Because now that you are married, the question is, when are you having kids? Do you know the clock is ticking? You're mm -hmm. almost 30. This and this is... And I'm like, it never mm -hmm. ends. It never ends. Why am I the one... Even if you have a kid... It's so... It's it Even if you have a child, somebody would be like, why do you only have one? one. Why don't you have two? Exactly. <laughs> it, it never ends. It never ends. The burden never ends, which is why I personally um, want to devote this podcast to talking about things that people don't talk about. And that was one of the reasons I chose this topic to be, mm. because it's something we talk about amongst ourselves, but people need to understand that yeah. these are the implications of the things that you're saying. These are the implications of the things you're teaching your kids. If we are going to see and be witnesses to a generation that 
makes men and women equal, where our daughters get married to men that make them truly happy. Our sons get married to women that mm-hmm. truly make them. If we're going to be witness to that generation, we have to start it. Because a lot of these things, we were taught by society. If not that we grew up and yep. got exposed and started questioning, had the mind to question a lot of things, we'll still believe a lot of things that our mm-hmm. grandparents, our parents told us to be true. Yeah. So we need to start having Absolutely. these conversations with our kids, with our fellow colleagues. And I believe, you know, some people say you can't, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But I don't believe that's true. If you start having these, you, if you start having these conversations in your small circle, you'll be surprised because some people have truly never thought about this before. They have grown up to know this is it. This is how a woman is supposed to be. Yeah. You carry yourself this way. You you must be presentable in this mm-hmm. way. Oh, you mustn't be too successful. You mm-hmm. know, aspire but don't aspire too high. Otherwise, you become unmarketable. Yeah. You know, so. Also, be a virgin virgin. before you get married, but be a ponster on your wedding night. night. Well, that's another discussion. Like, how is that? (laughs) How is that supposed to happen? And that is another thing, because we've told the men that listen, go test it out, try it out. You know, take it for a Mm -hmm. do whatever. So they come into the marriage with this world of experience. And you are just there on Mm -hmm. some, oh, yeah, they said I must be a virgin. You keep yourself, keep yourself. And then on the night of the wedding, this man has seen all the tricks in the book. And then you come not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, you are so clueless. And that's where the fight starts. He's like, what kind of person? And then he's like, oh, I can get it elsewhere. What kind of person is this? So we, we, we we should start to realize how much the things that we teach our kids are going to impact them in future. Mm-hmm. Because we can't tell our boys, sow your wild oats, do whatever, and tell our girls. And this is why a lot of girls have, have re- rebelled and they're like, you know what, screw this virginity thing. I'll do whatever the heck I want. And then you yep. find that at yep. the end of the day, because we live in such a patriarchal society, they are the ones that get hurt. I mean, today, I, this is a, something that happened today. An 18-year-old girl came to the hospital to terminate her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. She's 18. Wow. She's 18. And for whatever reasons, she's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm doing this. But where was the boy? Mm -hmm. where was the boy that impregnated her nowhere to be found and when i it also just shows in how we punish teenage pregnancy as well sorry to cut you off but just thinking about teenage pregnancy and the fact that the burden is always on the girl like oh she's pregnant i tell people listen she's not pregnant they are pregnant they're both pregnant i don't care if he's not carrying it Um, it's that's it's, it's ridiculous society we live in and she was so sad and so broken and you know full of tears oh, and so I, I it actually it broke me because i'm looking at this girl this young girl with so much prospect and i'm thinking to myself but you didn't do this alone where's the person who did this with you but mm-hmm. he's nowhere to be found and mm-hmm. we as women have sort of made that to be like well it's okay men are trash Men are trash, men are trash, men are trash. Mm -hmm. But we are raising those sons, though. 
we're raising yeah. and also raising daughters that exactly. accept it. So we tell our daughters, no, men are men are trash, but find one. Find one and keep him and mold him and shape him. Mm-hmm. Find, find the trash. trash. <laughs> and it's, decorate it's it. It's really sad. My my desire honestly. Uh, that reminds yeah. me. It reminds me of something that happened last time I was home with my parents and my mom's friend came to visit. And they were watching a movie where this man was cheating on his wife. I was just sitting there. And my mom's friend, my mom's friend said, oh, you know, these men, they can't help themselves. They always cheat. Then I said, then why would you marry them? And she asked me, well, don't we should have well, kids, right? So that's why we marry them. So I'm like, oh, this is about mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. So literally, you know, this man's not going to treat you well, but he's the one mm-hmm. who's available. Yeah, but you still pick him. So I'm like, you know what? Thank yeah. God for science because now you actually don't need to sleep with a man <laughs> to have a kid. So I hope oh, I, maybe I can tell maybe I can tell the previous generation that. Like, listen, times have changed. With that one. I know that for sure. And I don't have enough hours on this podcast for that. <laughs> That's <another laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just but interesting. But yeah, no, it's, it's honestly my desire. I am so with you there when you say that marriage is supposed to be happy and when we say that it's not mm-hmm. to say there no there's there isn't going to be any challenges i mean we live in life mm-hmm. life itself is full of challenges that's a given and exactly. now bringing two people from two different uh, backgrounds that in itself is full of challenges but it shouldn't be full of mm-hmm. tears it shouldn't be mm-hmm. full of so much pain exactly. I mean, I, it's something it I pray about personally, where you go back to Genesis before sin came into the world. It was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. When Adam saw yeah. Eve. He said, this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. Like how deep, how deeper, how much deeper can you get than that? You know? So that. Now that's just the cheesy yeah. pickup line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sadly, so. <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but but this is this this goes to show the heart of God when He created this two different species. It wasn't meant to be painful. It wasn't mm-hmm. meant to be sad. So it I wasn't. I just hope that this podcast can just trigger conversations that we need to start having. And then in closing, can you just I hope so too. can you just tell yeah. us? Some of the things that you think people say to single women that can be hurtful and they don't understand how much impact that has on you as a person. You've mentioned quite a few of them in the course of this podcast, but is there any other thing that comes to mind? And what advice would you give to people when they are approaching things that they don't know, basically? So, you know, I've I've had quite a number of experiences. I've only worked with men in my mm. life, just by the way. Um, all my jobs, I've always worked with men. In my current job, I'm the only woman in my department. I work with, I think, six or mm. seven men. Um, so I I'm around patriarchy all the time, yeah. if I can put it that way. I don't get any time mm. off. And some of the things that they say. So, for example, if you're debating a course of action and I say, well, I don't agree and I don't think that this would work. I've heard people say things like, 
uh you know maybe if you just if you just had some sex sure uh if you had a man at home to calm you down you would <laughs> you would see the point we're trying to pass wow. across <laughs> and i i you know i mean i don't know if you've ever seen my shocked oh, expression yeah. Because I don't know how to hide my expressions. I just look at people like, what? what does that have to do with what we are saying? But there's just this idea of if you're a woman, you're single, um, and you're, you're hardworking and you know what you're doing, then you're also highly emotional. That's something that people tend to say, or you're, you're sex-starved. Mm. And if you're sex-starved, then that's why you're giving us a problem. Because if you were getting good dick, you wouldn't be saying all of yeah. these things. Like, you wouldn't use your yeah. brain. That's basically, basically what they're trying yeah. to say. Um, but I, I, I personally would say I don't find those things hurtful. I just find them stupid. Mm. Um, so I, and stupidity is not something that I try to relate with often. So I just leave yeah. it. But something that has really struck out to me is when people use you not being married as a weapon. Mm. So if, for example, um, you're having a conversation with somebody and you guys are in a heavy disagreement or a debate and this person says, well, that's why you're sure. not married. You know, as a as a hmm. human being, never mind being a woman, just yeah. as a human being, if there's already an expectation of you by the society that you hmm. have not met, and then people start to use that as a weapon against you, you might develop a coping mechanism. Like, I have a thick skin, yeah. so I wave it off. But there are some times when you go and you start thinking to yourself, wait, could this be why I'm make, not make married? Maybe I don't know how to, like exactly you start doubting yourself you start questioning yourself those are things that women will go through in secret and they don't really yeah. say it out loud because again you're this successful woman people are not expecting you to be having those feelings because they've assumed you already hate men you hate marriage so you know mm -hmm. why why are you bothered but it's something that makes you doubt yourself you start wondering like okay what, what should i be doing exactly um or what am i not doing right i'll just i'll just tell you something i, I once dated a guy who said that i had too hmm. many opinions and i i thought well i hope so i've lived alone since i was hmm. 16 years old i yeah. should have opinions yeah. i've lived life um but, you know, when that relationship ended, because we came quite close to, you know, mm. making things official, when that relationship ended, it got me, it put me in a spin where I started thinking, do I mm. have too many opinions? And I promise you this, you can ask my flatmate, I went for days without sure. speaking a word because I was living in my head trying mm. to figure out if I have too many mm. opinions. And I think those are things that people just say to women without really thinking about it or the impact it would have on that woman. Or when they're like, oh, you know, um, no man would accept you like mm. this. And that, if you're saying that to a woman who's been a natural self, you're literally planting self-doubt within her. And she starts to question, what do I need to change about me? But she's already perfect. You don't like her, and that's okay. But it doesn't mean no one else will. And those are some of the things that people say that just really make me think, like, are you even thinking mm. about what you're saying? I'll share another example. This happened with my former, former manager. Um, if anybody from my workplace listens to this podcast, <laughs> too bad. But uh, I, was, I gave a TED Talk on the issues women in science face. It's on, it's on YouTube. And in that TED Talk, I, I talked a bit about harassment and how men sexually harass women. And 
you know, my manager came and said, well, I hope you don't experience that here. And I said, I haven't, if I'm being honest, because I also don't have that kind of rapport with most of the guys that I work with. I just, I keep a straight face most of the time. And he said, oh, it could be that nobody finds you attractive. Wow. What do you you say? What do you say in response to that? What do you say in response to that, Tommy? What what would you say? (laughs) You're stunned. I am so speechless. Wow. (laughs) Exactly. And I thought to myself, okay, I, I mean, like, what do I, what am I supposed to say here? And I just moved the conversation on because I thought to myself, okay. The reward for you being beautiful or someone finding you beautiful is that you're going to get a rest. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah, that's, that's what he's saying. And I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to relate with this. I'm just going to leave it. Um, or when he called me into a room the one time, I said, I know you have a PhD, but it doesn't mean you know mm. how to do this. So first of all, the work wasn't related to a PhD at all. So there was no need for that statement. But again, it started making me think, am I aggressive with this guy? So maybe I put my achievements at the forefront with him and he feels mm. uncomfortable. But then I realized I actually never discussed my achievements mm. with him at all. But he just feels the need to say that. And those are some of the things we say to women on a daily basis. And men say this to women, like, oh, I know you have a postgraduate degree, but you're my wife, you submit to me, doesn't Mm. mean you know better than me. Those are things that women hear on a daily basis. And those things hurt because you're basically discounting all the hard work she's put into being a Mm. qualified person. You're discounting the use of her brain as an individual, Mm. as a human being. And then you're making her feel less than because you're saying it doesn't yeah. mean you know what you're saying. Then she starts to question, yeah. what do I really know? So, yeah, there's it's, so many things we it, just need to change. It's it is. Absolutely it is. ridiculous. And I, I myself, I just wanted you to talk as much as possible because if I were to bring my own experiences, I mean, I've shared some of them on the podcast as well as being a female medical doctor, the things that till this day, till this day, I still get called a nurse. Because somebody cannot, yes, somebody cannot oh, wow. wrap around in their head the fact that this is a woman standing in front of me. She cannot be a doctor. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. And then you get the male nurse mm-hmm. walk in and he calls that person a doctor. And so they call him this doctor. is something that gets thrown in our faces yeah. every single day as women. It's really sad. And it's almost gotten to the point where you sort of have to dismiss it. Because if you don't, I promise you, you're going to go crazy. Imagine me getting aggressive and crazy. trying to prove myself every single time a man tells me I'm a nurse. And that's besides the other struggles that Mm -hmm. you face as a woman. And let's not add on being a black woman. So these are some of the things that we go through Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences with us. I'm sure that if we give in five hours, we'll still be talking because this is a topic that cannot (laughs) be exhausted. There's just so much to say about this. But I just hope that from this little discussion, we can trigger, we can trigger this discussion and let people start talking and thinking about the things that they say to other people. Definitely, definitely. I, I am so happy. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've had a lovely time having this conversation. Um, For those who are listening, just want to say I am Christian. (laughs) I love marriage. I don't hate men. 
I love women. I'm a feminist. I just support equality. And I really hope that we can all come to a point in society where we value each other and respect each other as we should. That we is just be decent human beings. Decency. Yeah. And uh, there's a word I always repeat on this podcast, yeah. and that is empathy. If you're empathetic towards the next person, you can mm. just have a few minutes in their shoes and see what it feels like to be them. But that being said, I just want to say to you, yeah. Dr. Damie, yeah. you are a phenomenal, accomplished woman. And I believe Thank that you. when the time is right, God himself will bring to you someone that will compliment you. And never, never, never ever allow someone to make you feel less than what you are. You are, you are well accomplished. You're successful. You've got so much going on for you. And I really look forward to sharing in that time when God says, this is the right person for you. And I believe that you are going to experience the happiness that you desire in marriage. But thank you so much. Thank you. for Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Tommy. And that's all we have time for this week. Be sure to tune in next week for yet another exciting episode. Until then, God bless.